you get a lot of these newer refrigerators that are going to tell you, you need to consult the government, get the Energy Star with the refrigerator. I'm going to tell you hard stop right there. Go out and buy you a 1970s refrigerator. <laughs> because that refrigerator, number one, is going to last longer. Uh-huh. And while you may think it uses more energy, that compressor down there in the bottom will run for 20 minutes a day. Uh-huh. While these newer ones will run for four hours. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Comfrey and elderberries are now available at GrowNutTrees.com. So Comfrey crowns and root cuttings use as companion plants in fruit tea guilds, chop and drop for mulch, mix with water for fertilizer, or turbocharge your compost pile. And elderberry cuttings, you just take a stick and you poke the stick into the ground and it takes off. It's the wildwood variety of elderberry and it's adapted to the Midwest. That's at GrowNutTrees.com. Welcome back to Thrive in the Future. This is part one of a two-part episode on solar workshop that our friend Steve put on. In this episode, he focuses on the considerations for solar and an overview and dives into an energy audit. An energy audit is going to be important as you scale your system, like how big of a system are you going to need, as well as how you prepare your house. Lots of opportunities in here and suggestions on how to save energy and things to add. I've included the energy audit worksheets on the website and you could get that by checking the show notes for the link or go to thriveinthefuture.com. Let's get to the episode. So all these people are running out and they're trying to get solar. Most of them are hooking it up so that they're just on the grid, right? Yes. And, uh, and well, that's they don't know what they're doing. And people have a mindset that they have a bill to pay, mm-hmm. right? So because you have a mindset of I have a bill to pay, I want to reduce that bill. Mm-hmm. People don't want to be one hundred percent dependent on themselves. Hmm. I mean, you start looking at. Uh, I want to become totally off-grid, which is possible in the middle of the city. You have to reduce your energy consumption a lot. Right. Right. A lot. Um, but it's unlikely the city is going to permit you to get a well, you know. Sure. But you start with energy, and you fill your roof up, and maybe you put an independent stand out there. You could get rid of your electric bill, mm-hmm. you know, if you put the right things in place. Is solar right for you? The real question is... I have a bill. I want to reduce it. So what what different things can I do to comp- accomplish a lower bill? Right. Most of the time, it's not even reducing or installing a solar load, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's off-grid, on-grid, a hybrid system, it's putting in LED light bulbs. Hmm. Now, there's some people going to say, but there's some people who say LEDs aren't right for them. Okay, get a CFL. Right. Um, yeah, and then you know. uh, um, Paul Wheaton basically poo-poo's on all of that and says that uh, incandescent lights are are the bomb and and LEDs are and CFLs are are crap. Right. So incandescents <laughs> are great, you know. Right. And outside on your pole light, I mm-hmm. I used to have a metal halide. Sure. But everything throughout my house is LED now. Mm-hmm. It's just it works for me. It right. doesn't bother me. So I have a 7,000-watt system. Mm. It's on top of my garage. 
I've been looking at getting another 7,000 watt system. That's going to go onto my top of my chicken coop. It was designed so I could put another solar system on top of that. Sure. And then I got another place in the back, which hasn't been built yet. The It's been poured for concrete. And there's going to be shed there and another extension. And it's going to get solar. So eventually I'll have 25,000 watts of solar. Hmm. You know? So do you have batteries or are you just straight into the grid? Right now it's just straight into the grid. But with the way that I have everything designed mm-hmm. is if the power went out, I have the availability of moving to an off-grid inverter to AC couple into a grid-tied system. Mm-hmm. Most people don't even know what that word is. So in a, when you have an inverter... An off-grid system creates a sine wave, right? That sine wave goes out there, and that sine wave is your hertz, 60 hertz, 50 hertz, whether it's European, this or that. You don't have to have it at 60 hertz. Mm -hmm. But with your grid-tied inverters that you have, it matches your grid from 58.5 hertz to 61.5 hertz. Okay. So then it can match the frequency of the grid and tie in so it, you can sell back to it, mm-hmm. essentially. Right. And this is the thing. When people uh, get hooked up to the grid, they're selling a part back to the to the electric company, but there's a sell-by ratio, right, where they sell you power if you go over, you know, if you're using power like, I don't have solar, so they're selling me power at what'd you say 12 kilowatts in kansas so so yes and no really so they're free state co-op which is both of our electrical co-ops has two different ways Mm -hmm. one is net metering okay okay and net metering is even Mm -hmm. right so if they sell you at 12 cents you're consuming power right so you're out there you're consuming more power than you're producing you're buying it for 12 cents okay but then if I'm producing so much solar that I'm not using all of it and I'm putting it back onto the grid, essentially they're buying it for 12 cents. However, I will never make any money on that. So I can make my bill to zero and then right after that, they won't cut me a check. It's even. We're square. That's right. all it is. Well, so I thought you said that they would buy it back for, that the ratio was like four to one and they were buying it back for three or four cents. So that's the other system. So that's where a lot of oh, the... Oh, you're talking about the first one was net metering. That's the example you used just now. Right. right. Okay. Right. The the other system that they use is the, the I'm not only a producer, mm-hmm. right? I'm also a consumer. Okay. Right. Any power plant is just like that. So when you're working at a plant out there... I don't know, whether it's Lacine, Wolf Creek, Hawthorne, maybe it's Jeffries. And these are all local power plants. Sure, sure. Um, They have outgoing transformers that their turbine, their generator supplies to the grid. Mm -hmm. But all the power that they use, they have a substation coming in that's going to power all their pumps. Right. Going to power all their lights. That's Mm going to power all their control rooms. Yeah. You know, so that they can stay online while their turbine is down, right? Yeah, okay. So, you, so how would that work with, uh, you know, if you weren't on net metering and your solar, right? All right, so what will happen then is the only time you're going to make money, unless you got your energy use way down, way down, 
is if you have a 25,000 watt system. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, so back to is solar right for you and the first kind of questions that you ask. Right, so the first questions that you ask. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first thing you need to ask is if solar is right for me, we need to look at our environment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to tell you what, down in Oklahoma and Texas, solar's optimal. They got more than five hours a day worth of sun. Up here in Kansas, where we're at, it's 4.6, and I edge more on the four-hour side. Really? Um, Even in the summertime? Yeah. Or average, across the whole year? Just across the board. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to eliminate night, so there goes 12 hours out of our day. Correct. Right? And then you're going to have rainy days, and then you're going to have cloudy days. I edge more towards where we're at. Four hours average a day of sunlight, hmm. right? But that's hours of sun. That's not direct sunlight. That is sunlight on your panels. Right. That's that's not maximum power. That's sure. average power. Mm-hmm. You know. So maybe that's not right for you. Where we're at, I mean, you can go to the geo maps that uh, Jefferson County or Leavenworth County produces, and you can go. What is my elevation? My place is optimal for wind. I really need to put up a wind turbine. Mm-hmm. Because my wind, I'm on top of a ridge right above Tonganoxy. Sure. Right? So because I'm on top of a ridge, I'm going to get wind all the time. Hmm. Best place to put um, windmills is on a ridge. Yeah. Kansas is great because when you get up to Colorado, and we're not talking about going uphill to the mountainous parts. where It's flat. That, that Colorado-Kansas line... You're at 4,200 feet. Right. And you drive downhill. All that wind comes up over the mountains and just dumps into that Mississippi Valley. Mm-hmm. So it's just constantly windy. So Kansas is great for wind. Sure. Not so much for solar. Hmm. You want solar, you need to head south. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm like up here on top of the hill. And so that would be a, uh, a better choice or at least an option, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm... They sell windmills, and getting it installed is kind of tricky. Sometimes you need a crane. I've dropped a windmill. It, it's not necessarily too hard. It's just a question of how high you want to put that windmill. The oh. higher you go, the more constant the speed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're averaging like about four hours average, and then you were saying that some of your solar panels actually face the southeast, so that even cuts a little bit more into you, right? Yeah, I uh, I got into the fat of things. Yeah. Right? And I was like, I already have this built. My garage is already built. I'm sure. never going to do anything with the roof. Uh-huh. You know, it's just going to sit there empty. So because it's just going to sit there empty, I might as well. I have this money, which I haven't figured out what to do with. I'm going to invest this money. Mm-hmm. Right? So I took um, the 7,000-watt system that I had sized for my roof. Sure. It cost me a dollar a watt. Mm-hmm. That that's everything. That's solar panels. That's wiring. That's the inverter. That's the disconnect, mm-hmm. right? And that's paying the utility. You know my uh, fee for them to for the application fee, right? For them to say, okay, we're gonna see. We're, they did a ampacity load across the lines mm-hmm. going to the sub to say, okay, yeah, it's it's fine. You're gonna produce 15 amps, which is like on a 
25 to 1 ratio because it's 12.5 out there and I bring in 240. Okay. Well, it would be a 50 to 1 ratio. I'm thinking 480. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they do an amp load ampacity to see if those lines are maxed out. And if so, they might go, well, you know, if you want that solar panel on there, you might have to pay for these new wires going across these lines. Mm -hmm. Does it happen? Not very often. Could it happen? Yeah, it could happen. But that's a different story though, right, right? right so so anyway i put solar panels on my roof right they're there a dollar a watt i installed them myself i had a quote for twenty six thousand dollars i tell you what i i saved myself nineteen thousand dollars doing it myself <laughs> so you said that you said a dollar uh, a watt right so that's seven thousand Dollars, but then with the installation, you were at like nineteen thousand dollars for the installation. Uh huh. Okay. Right. So did it all myself. Mm -hmm. I know how to do it. Sure. It, yeah. It's to me, it's easy. To you, it's hard. Yeah, I'd never be able to do it. Okay. Right, but I also paid my kid and his friends to come over and help sling panels up on the roof. Right, right. You know. So where does somebody start? We've talked a little bit about. Look at what your options are. If you are in, if you're on top of a hill or something like that, then maybe wind is better for you. And we'll we'll talk about wind in a in a different episode or whatever. Right. And then uh, so so somebody's still gung ho for whatever you know reason they want, um, and then uh, they make the decision on whether they want to be battery or straight into the grid or some sort of hybrid. Right. Right. So, what we're going to do next is we've examined our environment. Mm -hmm. Solar's good for us. Okay. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to analyze our own habits. We're going to look at our own energy usage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go, solar, while it's technically could be affordable or very expensive for you, the question you should ask yourself first is, are you planning to sell in the next three to five years? Mm. That's an excellent question. Right, because if you're planning to sell, don't even bother. Mm -hmm. Okay, because different people are going to take out different type of loans, and depending on those type of loans and those structures, you might move out of your house and you're still paying out on that. Right. Um, you you might get enough money back from the sale of your house to pay that loan off, but some people look at solar on the house and go, "I'm not paying for that." You know that? Yeah. Sure, that's an extra, that's a bonus, but it's not what I want. Mm -hmm. So they're not willing to pay for that little extra. And the bank's not going to include that in their, uh, in their, um, you know, audit or whatever, you know, their estimate and their home valuation anyway, right? I'm not a banker. Yeah, I, 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 I don't play one on TV. <laughs> However, I will tell you, your insurance company will look at that and go, "Who installed that? Ah. Are they certified? Is this?" It does, did the utility company sign off on this? Yeah. You know, as long as the utility company signed off on it, then generally, because the utility will come out and inspect it yeah, if sure. you are grid tied. Right. Right. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, but if you're off grid, uh -huh. uh, the bank may not want to touch it at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. It, if you're in city limits and the city signed off on it, you're pretty much golden. Yeah, okay. So it, it just depends. Sure. How many bureaucracies are looking at this thing? 
Insurance yeah. company? Yeah. And you even said that, you know, you can have the bureaucracy from the county looking at it, and the guy the guy will be a, uh, a proponent of one of the systems, but then you're halfway through the approval and you get the other guy that is the proponent of the other system, right? Oh, yes. That, that When you start having a utility guy and a city guy fight, you know who wins? Yeah. The city. Yeah. Even though it's the utilities grid and they know how it works, sure. you can't explain... Well, you even said that the county dude, the county or the city guy, you could get the different county or city guy coming out for the second half of the process, and then he questions what the other guy told you. Oh, yeah, those are inspectors. Oh, I, yeah. I've dealt with inspectors. Um, yeah. Um, so you'll have one inspector come out, look at it, and go, oh, yeah, I understand what you're doing because he used to be an electrician sure, sure. or he used to be a plumber. Uh-huh. And you go, oh, that's great. I understand what you're doing. Uh-huh. But then you get the guy who's out of college, <laughs> and he hasn't been a plumber. He was something else. He comes in, he kind of knows what he's looking at, but he's going by the rules. But while the rule is written one way, how it was written slash how it went through a committee is entirely different. This happens a lot. Sure. Legislature, judges, lawyers, it can all be argued. Right. But some people are just, this is my job, and you're wrong, you're going to change it. Mm-hmm. Even though there's no issue, not right. so we've determined that they still want solar. They're starting an energy audit. What's all involved in that? All right, so we're going to look at our energy use. Uh, in, in audits, entirely different thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so very similar, right? But we're going to go. Okay, what is our energy usage? Mm-hmm. Right. So, what type of energy do you have? Do you have natural gas? Is it your stove? Um, is it your furnace? Right. Right, uh, propane. Mm-hmm. Right, we can't help that. All sure. we can do is help with electric. Sure. So now we're going to go. Okay, so I have um, a hot tub. I have an electric furnace. I have an instant electric instant water heater. Um, I have all these electric utilities. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and on a good day, I use a hundred amps. Well, how do you know you're using a hundred amps? Well, there's a couple ways you can use 100 amp. You can figure out how to use it. You can look at your electric bill, mm-hmm. and you can go, okay, my electric bill says I use 56 kilowatts a day, right? Sure. Or it use, um, you have to break it down. I use... Um, Average, right? You take your, your kilowatts for the month, and then you divide it, right? By 30 or 31 yeah, okay. or right. however you would like to do it. Sure. And then you go, okay, if I were to buy this system... You know, how many kilowatt hours is it going to produce a day based on, is it a 7,000-watt system? Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to reduce it by its power factor. You're going to multiply it by the number of hours in the day, your average, which we already found. Here in Kansas, it's 4.6. Mm-hmm. I calculated it for because that's the realis- realistic results I get. And, and you're going to figure out that, okay, this will reduce my bill. You know, when I sized mine... I needed a 16,000-watt system to get my bill down to zero. 16,000 watts, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. But I only, my roof would only handle a 7,000-watt system. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got to go back later, and I got two more systems installed. Mm-hmm. Right? 16,000 watts will handle a majority of the months, but it won't handle August, and it won't handle February. Interesting. Be, be, 
that's because those are peak months. Mm -hmm. It's the hottest months where your air conditioner is running all the time. Right. And it's the coldest month where your heater is running all the time. Even though I have propane heater, I still use electric in my garage. Mm -hmm. And so you got to look at your appliances. Okay. Sure. How am I acting? Do I have children? If you have children, your lights are going to be on more often. Your doors are going to be open more often. Mm -hmm. You're going to be fighting to turn things off. And so maybe it's better to just get a motion switch. <laughs> I have motion switches all through my houses. Yeah. It was one of the first things I did because my kids, when I moved in, were eight years old. They didn't turn off nothing. <laughs> you actually have to replace the, the whole switch, right? Open it up and, and rewire it, right? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it's real simple. Yeah, it's not terribly hard right no it takes 15 minutes it takes you know i i think now a switch might be 20 dollars, mm -hmm. but that 20 dollars switch has probably saved me 200 in the last 10 years really wow. <laughs> okay right so so um, you don't even have to worry about turning the light on you just walk in the room and it turns itself on right yes mm -hmm. and then you have it set at a a timer or whatever where it turns off after a certain amount of time after you leave the room because mm -hmm. so you most, don't want to be sitting here watching tv and you haven't moved enough and then it turns the light off on your own oh, the the bathroom is the terrible spot some of this just gets down to smart home technology mm -hmm. automation realistic cost savings we are looking for an roi a return on investment mm -hmm. that's all a solar system is you and i both know when we look at a solar system, it's with intent because it's a big project. Mm -hmm. We want a return on our investment. Right. There are some other people out there that get caught up in the fad or are radical, and I mean that sincerely, that's their term, environmentalists willing sure. to die for that cause. Hey, if that's the hill they want to die on, good for them. Yeah. That's not the hill I'm going to die on. Yeah, they're not doing it for necessarily the bed, the, the offset benefit they're doing it you know because it's uh, important to them right right i've had and i've had people say that you know when uh when you're talking to them about their solar they don't they don't care what they're selling back they don't care what net they have they don't they don't care to them it's something that they believe in and it's something they have to do so okay whatever hey good for them if if they have the twenty six thousand dollars to buy a solar system that will only supply half of their energy for their house, mm -hmm. good for them. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but we, we get in, let's get into the bigger appliances, sure. right? Mm -hmm. um, they're going to tell you, and this is the one thing I am against, refrigerators. You get a lot of these newer refrigerators that are going to tell you, you need to consult the government, get the Energy Star with the refrigerator. I'm going to tell you hard stop right there. Go out and buy you a 1970s refrigerator <laughs> because that refrigerator, number one, is going to last longer. Uh -huh. And while you may think it uses more energy, that compressor down there in the bottom will run for 20 minutes a day. Uh -huh. While these newer ones will run for four hours with, with a higher pressure load and four hours at seven amps, right, versus um, an old R12 refrigerator who runs for 20, 30 minutes at 15 amps, yeah, there's a big difference. Uh -huh. A big difference. Where do, where do you get those? From Craigslist and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Facebook, Craigslist. Sure. 
Um, these the, 70s. <laughs> the, the biggest problem I ever hear is, I just went out and bought a, my my parents too. This, this is the same story. Right. Four years ago, they went out and bought a refrigerator. They've had a technician over a dozen times for yeah. circuit boards, uh, bad compressor, yep. this, that, and the other, and it's just junk. Mm-hmm. It's Chinese junk. Yep. So. If you want a refrigerator, which I encourage you to have a refrigerator, don't buy junk. Which means, if you don't want junk, go back to the 1970s, where it lasted forever. And it still will last, probably even after I'm dead. Yeah, I've had freezers that have already died, and I just bought them less than two years ago. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. You know, so it, you're wasting money. Right. Which means you're wasting your energy. Sure. Right. The value that you put into it, that you thought you would get out of it, isn't there. So refrigerators, you, you look at refrigerators you, as part of your energy assessment or audit or whatever, right? So what we have with that is we have a kilowatt meter, right? A kilowatt meter is a device. You plug it into the wall. You take your appliance. You plug it into the kilowatt meter. Mm-hmm. You leave it there for a week, minimum. Mm-hmm. And it will tell you, in average, how many hours it ran... During that time span. Sure. You get those off of Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can get a kilowatt meter right. off there. Okay. I have one. Um, they also have a home efficiency monitor where you can open your panel up, your electric panel. Mm-hmm. You can install a CT, right, which is a circuit transformer, around different wires on your breakers. Hmm. Both your mains come into your house, which is your both hots, right? So your right. black and your red. I don't think it has a neutral one. Plus... And then you can go, okay, all these circuits use this much. I'll rent you one for $100 a week if you want to do that audit. Okay. Right? I'm still trying to figure out how to do the printout. But you can look at the little thing on the phone, and it shows you everything you need. And then you have to go, okay, well, circuit 12 draws the most over this week. What is on circuit 12? Oh, that's the furnace. Okay. You know, Got or it. that's the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Maybe that appliance needs to be replaced. Okay. Maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe what happened is it needs to be maintained. Maybe you just need to look at it. Something went wrong and it's drawn a whole bunch of power. Sure. So after you've looked at everything, the question is, what can you cut back? Get rid of the dishwasher. I'd love to get rid of the dishwasher and wash everything. Maybe you just need to maintain things, you know, uh, checking on filters, Hmm. uh, changing your thermostat, changing your hot water temperature. Maybe you need to insulate your your hot water lines, insulate your hot water tank. Mm -hmm. You do that, that might save a lot of energy. Um, We've already talked about sensors, Mm -hmm. humidistat, right? Uh, Timers. Timers is a big thing, right? Even though you have a motion sensor... Sometimes if you put a fan on a humidistat or a timer, put lights out on your barn outside mm-hmm. on timers, put them on photo cells, you know, move into a big home automation thing. It takes some time to get done, but slowly you're just whittling away at your bill. And, and that's the big thing, whittling away at all the energy that you're using. Right. So you can have a smaller bill in the end. Mm-hmm. Because... Really, your electric bill? My electric bill is like my garage. I redesigned my garage, and I had plenty of space, and eventually it filled back up. Right. 
All right. So home energy use, right? 60% of the energy in your home is heating, whether it's the furnace or the water heater Mm -hmm. and air conditioning. So Mm -hmm. it's one form or the other. We are changing the temperature of something. That's 60%. So that's just something big to be aware of. Sure. Appliances are going to eat up 13%. Lighting's going to be 9%. Washing and drying, 5%. Uh, entertainment, television, stereo, averages 4%. And then they they like to call it phantom power loss. I don't agree with that. As an electrician, that is actually a power factor ratio loss. Mm-hmm. A, a transformer, whether it's a rectifier or a transformer, will never transfer 100% of the energy. There's always a power loss somewhere. So, and, and this is from greenlogic.com. So you can check on that. And you, you go to different websites, and they're all going to have their own little um, tell you this or that, and this is how we calculated it. But that also depends on your home. So your home is not going to be equal to this. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to be similar. All right, so... We understand our environment, mm-hmm. and we know our habits, so now we have to analyze. We need an energy audit. They call an energy audit a home performance evaluation now. They, they change the wording. It, an audit sounds bad. Like <laughs> You go online to try and find some of these things. They're terrible. You can't find a real workable worksheet. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I've looked at dozens, and so in the end, I had to create my own. Oh, you have your own? Okay. I, I have my own. I will send you a copy of it. Thank you. Uh, you can put it on your Telegram. You can put it on your Facebook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And share it around. Great. I encourage people to use this. Yep, We have a checklist here. Mm-hmm. And basically, this sheet that I made mm-hmm. helps the DIY guy. You can call your utility. Mm-hmm. You can call your local government, whether it be the city or the county, sure. and ask them if they do a home performance audit. Mm-hmm. or a energy audit on homes. Right. Um, a lot of people anymore will do it for a small cost or a, a small fee or free, just depending on where you live. But you can take this with you when they come out and do it. And if they don't offer it to you, um, I do encourage you to get one if you really want to invest some serious money into this to see if you even need solar. Right? Maybe you don't. Maybe it's just that your attic, it's lacking on insulation, mm-hmm. and they're going to tell you, you really need 12 inches of insulation added to your attic, or you have a really big gaping hole under your foundation, I'm surprised you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So you're wasting all that money in uh, heating or cooling the outside. Or like you said, you don't have insulation around your pipes that are going between your inside air conditioner and your outside air conditioner or your water heater or whatever else, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Insulating your pipes is a lot bigger issue than people think. Mm -hmm. So if your condenser line or your evaporator line on your air conditioner is missing, then it can cause some big problems. You're going to get into specific things. These are basic maintenance things, basic checkmark things that you can go out, look at yourself, and go, okay, change my air filter. That's simple. Some people just forget about it. It's simple. It can be done. Mm-hmm. They make YouTube videos on how to change it. Cleaning ductwork, a little bit harder, can be done. Cleaning condenser coils, 
I wouldn't suggest your average homeowner do that unless they know what I mean. Watch a YouTube video for sure. Mm -hmm. Clean out the dryer vent. Clean out the dryer. Take your dryer apart. Pull out all that lint. Install a programmable thermostat. Uh, usually those thermostats, I think they cost $30, $40. You can program them. You pretty much have. I have a routine at work. I get up at 4 in the morning. I'm out of the house by 5. So at 3 o'clock in the morning, it kicks up to 68. And at 6 o'clock, it turns it down to 60 degrees. 4 o'clock, when I'm coming home, I start to drive back. It kicks it back up to 68. Mm -hmm. By the time I'm in bed, it's back down to 60. Hmm. You know? So you're sleeping at 60. Yeah, okay. Yep. But I'm also using a wood burner and insert, too, sure, during the yeah. winter. Yeah. So, you know, and you're gonna, that's going to change, you know, if it's the summer. Mm -hmm. Totally different thing. Yeah, of course, thing. of course, yeah. Use exhaust fans. Use attic fans. Um, I got three of them for my windows just to circulate the air. Um, clean your soffit vents. It says a combustion inspection. Now, this is going to be for your gas furnace. The heating and cooling people that I use do a combustion inf inspection. They do it uh, every fall. It's part of the maintenance right, thing right. that I pay for. Okay. Because I do not have the tools for combustion inspection. Mm -hmm. um, use curtains and blinds smartly. Next thing we're going to do is check for air leakage. Um, door seals, window seals, wall outlets chimney flues, your damper, fixtures, lighting fixtures, uh, foundation crevices, house penetrations. So basically, anywhere there's a hole in the wall mm -hmm. where air can escape, where air can move from the outside in, or air can move from the inside out, we can do it a couple different ways. They do house pressurization tests. Mm -hmm. This is part of your official energy audit. Mm -hmm. If you really wanted to, you could do one out of a blower fan and some Bisqueen and some duct tape. You can do your own home pressurization, get a fog machine set up, and you can watch the smoke billow out of your house, you know, in the small little spots. I've done it before, but you're not going to do it from pressurizing it the other way around. You can take yeah. it, you can make it a high pressure mm -hmm. going outside, but creating a vacuum is really tough, and I don't even have that equipment. The other home energy checklist stuff, people are going to come in and go, do you have LEDs? You should really get LEDs. You know, it's on here. Mm -hmm. um, automatic switches, thermostats, float valves, humidistats, what timers. What are humidistats? Um, so a humidistat is going to be on your fart fan. So when you're taking a shower and it starts to fog up, mm -hmm. it's going to say, okay, um, there's too much moisture in the air. I need to start blowing some of this moisture out. Right. So... All it does is measure the humidity in a specific area. Mm -hmm. Timers, motion sensors, photocells. So the next thing it's going to do is insulation. Insulation's a big thing. Insulation in the attic. Just keep blowing insulation up there. I don't have an attic. My, my entire house is that hard foam. You want to insulate your walls, uh, your basement ceiling, your water pipes, your HVAC pipes, uh, your water heater, ductwork insulation, and your attic access door. Average household energy consumption. The list that I have on here is different than the green logic that I shared earlier, you know. This yeah. one says 35% HVAC, 15% mm -hmm. water heater, 10% lighting, 7% mm -hmm. refrigeration, 6% clothes dryer, 8% cooking appliances, 
7% electronics, 2% dishwasher, and then other. Now, solutions to save energy. I, I put a little thing down here, right there on that bottom left corner. Solutions to save energy. Habits you need to change, right? Mm -hmm. Use clotheslines to dry clothes. You know, that could work during the summer. You get some string out there, no problem. Between that tree and that tree right there, that's a perfect place to hang all your towels. We even have some clothesline down in the basement. Yeah. So you could hang up clothes in the uh, wintertime. Um, use your fireplace. I got plenty of wood where I'm at. You probably have plenty of wood here. It's always good to have a second method of heating. Right. And just a little bit of work. I'm always out there cutting trees down, and I always have this excess stuff. What am I going to do? I'm going to keep my house with it. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Hand wash dishes. It's a pastime of my grandma's. The best insulation out there, and this is more for like you're building a new building, you're starting from scratch, you've got a construction loan, is spray foam. Mm -hmm. Either hard foam or spray foam. Okay. Uh, but don't go crazy on your foam. Don't go crazy on your insulation. Some insulation crazy good. Insulation madness bad. You got to understand, right? We want to keep our house warm, mm -hmm. but we don't want to be cut off from the outside environment. Right. Because if we have absolutely zero air movement between the inside and outside, inside and outside, it can start create sicknesses yeah. inside the house. You start right. having mushrooms and spores build. Mm -hmm. So you want a rotation of air. A gradual flow. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be completely cut off from the outside world with right. your house. Mm -hmm. So the next thing you can do is pay attention to your bills and just slowly watch them. You know, do a job here, do a job there, add a motion switch here, do a little job there, and try and bring your bills down gradually. Maybe that's what you need, you know. Now, the last place on this uh, checklist, it says appliance energy audit. This entire area was made for a kilowatt meter. Mm -hmm. So you can go through, and I'll, I'll rent you a kilowatt meter for $10 a month, and I'll rent you five of them at the time, you know. And you can put these on. One on your refrigerator, one on your deep freezer, one on your computer, one on your dryer, one on your washer. Leave them there for a week. And then after a week, go get all the information you need, see how much energy they use, and go, I have three refrigerators, and the only thing that I have in this refrigerator is beer, and that one's half empty. Maybe if I just unplug this one, put that beer in there, mm -hmm. I can save myself a little bit of money. Sure. You know? Um, that or I have all these peppers which I got from my garden instead of using this food processor I can pull the knife out and mm. I can learn some knife skills Right. learn to sharpen my own knives wow next time on Thrive in the Future podcast next time on Thrive in the Future podcast we continue this workshop on solar We've done the energy audit, and then Steve will dive into the considerations and the specs for solar. That's next time on Thriving the Future podcast. Thank you for listening to the Thriving the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, 
click that subscribe or follow button in your favorite podcast app. Check us out at thriveinthefuture.com and also follow us on social media at thriveinthefut on Twitter and at thriveinthefuture on Instagram. And come and join our Telegram community by going to signup.thrivingthefuture.com. There's entry form there. It will send you an email with the Telegram community link. So if you found value in our content, then show that value for value. There's a new tab on the website, value for value. Go and shoot Thrive in the Future, a gift on that tab in either Venmo or Cash App. You make a difference. Thank you. Join us at the Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter.